Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. I have so many hands. There's a step there. (laughs) Well, glory to God. Pastor, we love you. We're so thankful for you and Heidi and, and that you have, let me push this back, that you have asked us to come again and what a blessing of the Lord it is to be with all of you again. We feel right at home and know that God is going to show up even more tonight. How many of you know he's already shown up? Amen. He's already in the house. Look at your neighbor and say, he's here. He's here. He's here. Glory to God. Glory to God. Well, let's pray for a minute. Father, we come before you right now. And oh, what a joy it is, Father, to know you. What a joy it is to live for you. To live a life of victory and freedom. To know that our place is in you. Oh, God, how good you are. How good you are. Father, you are a good God, a faithful God, a God that's ever true to your promises. You can be counted on. And Father, you're dependable in all the crazy that's been going on in the world. How dependable you are. We so love you, Father. Father, we're thankful because we are living a life unto you and that we know you. We're so glad that we know you, Father. Oh, we love you and worship you tonight. And we honor you and give you glory in Jesus' name. And we thank you for utterance. We believe for utterance. And we give you glory in Jesus' name. And everybody shouts, amen. 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 Well, I'm checking you guys out. You guys looking good. We're excited. We're excited, man. I have, we were excited about coming at the first date that he set for this year, and then it ended up, you know, being June, and um, we're really glad about it. It's good. It was nice being on a plane again. As itinerates, man, it's like, Lord Jesus, get us out of Dodge. In other words, we got to fly, you know, and, and so it was really nice to, to be flying, and, and, uh, and it was extra special knowing that we were coming to the beautiful state of Montana to be with you guys, and And so we're just overjoyed. Now, guys, I'm going to be honest with you. God's been dealing with me all afternoon. The moment I walked into the hotel room, I thought, I've got time to lay down and rest. Hey! (laughs) That didn't happen. But there is a refreshing in him, just like Pastor was talking about. And I laid down on the bed and just started praying, just talking to the Lord a little bit before I thought I was going to sleep for a good 45 minutes to an hour. And as I was laying there, all of a sudden, a spirit of prophecy just came on me. And I just began to prophesy and just speak out of my heart. And, and God began to speak through me. And, and I was just like, oh, dear God, you know, I began to cry and weep a little bit. And any person that would come up to my heart, it was like, good Lord, I knew all their business. And God had me praying all for them. And it was just wonderful. I like knowing people's business. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> As a minister, sometimes you're really glad that you don't know. And, um, but God just started revealing things. Because how many of you know, we're living in an hour in the church where the Spirit of God is wanting to manifest all the time. 
He wants to manifest in our lives. He wants to manifest in our ministry, in our churches. He's wanting to manifest because how many of you know the clock is tick-tocking away, amen? It is so close. It's like I was I was sharing, uh, you know, I think Pastor mentioned it. We're getting ready to launch a church, and we're excited about it and everything. And we've got launch team meetings going on right now because we're not launching actually until the fall. And um, I was sharing with the team and telling them how that, you know, we feel like we're on a roller coaster ride. How many of you ever been on a roller coaster before? And when you're on a roller coaster, you know, when you're getting ready to plummet and go down, you know how it starts creaking as you go up the hill? Am I the only one that's been on one like that? Okay, thank you. Okay, so I started going, you know, I can remember going up and, and it's like you even hear everything, you know, uh, making sounds and pops and everything. And, and you're like, dear God, is, are we going to fall out of this thing? And then you're thinking, but we're getting ready to get to the top. And then when we get to the top, what happens? <laughs> you know, I feel like we as the church are right there. We're not slowly getting there anymore. I believe that we're right there on the top. Ha. Ha. Glory. We're right there. We're getting ready to take off is what's going to happen. And we're not going to take off just because all of a sudden God finally decided, let's move. No. I believe that the church has finally awakened. I believe the church is finally awakened to get back to the book of Acts and finish out the book. I believe we're getting ready to step into some things. And we are serving. I mean, just now even saying that the Spirit of God, you just sense the anointing on that. God is beginning to do some things in us to wake us up, to make us realize that he never stopped moving. God never stopped moving. He never stops. Remember the song we just sang? <laughs> he never stops. He keeps going. I ha- I've had the awesome privilege of serving at Rama Bible Church and Rama Bible College, teaching the students, being over prayer school and healing school, being there for 28 years, serving, traveling with Brother Hagen and the Rama Singers and Band, and growing and learning so much how that God is a God of glory, how that he is a God of faith, and we better walk by faith and not by sight. Amen. But there are some things that are moving in the church right now that we cannot hold back anymore. I tell you what, since we've stepped into our second phase of ministry, it's probably, I don't know if it's the second or the third, you know, I haven't really talked to God about the different phases, but we're in a different phase. I'll just say it that way. We're in a different phase. Can we have fun in church tonight? Hello. Okay. So we're in a different phase, and in this different phase, it's like we've taken a big leap into such a supernatural door of utterance. And you know, people don't scare me anymore. I used to be the shy kid. I was so shy and quiet. I didn't, when I was a Ramah student, oh dear God, don't you look at me. If you look at me, that means I got to talk to you. I was so shy. Something happened. It was called God. 
Because there was a calling and there was training and there was things he had to get in me so that the shyness could get out so I could be what he's called me to be. But I tell you, I've gotten to the place, faces don't frighten me anymore. How many of you, is it because I'm over 50 now, guys? Is that what it is? Some of you that are over 50, have you noticed when you got 50, you just like, I don't care. <laughs> just wait, guys. You think you bad now? Wait till you're over 50. And I ain't that far over 50. Quit trying to think I'm 60. (laughs) But there's something happened when 50 hit. When 50 hit, it was just like, let me tell you what I think. You know? And I think maybe I was always a little like that. But something shifted. Something shifted. And, And not only did it shift in me personally, but when it came to what he wanted me to do. You have to be bold. Because there are things that that I've been picking up in the spirit that there's going to be so much demonstration in this hour right now. I'm expecting things this weekend. I hope you are. I'm expecting some things. I'm, I'm ready to have fun. God is fun. God is fun. He is. He's a fun God. And you know, every ministry gift is not going to be alike. Thank you, Jesus. Could you imagine having 25 of Pastor Sean's? No. No, I think it would be awesome. I think it would. I say that because I want him to ask us back. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm joking. But really, when you think about it, you know, God is a God of personality. If you don't believe it, look around the room. Are you kidding me? We got so many different personalities going on in this room. Some of them need to get sanctified, but praise the Lord. But God's got personality. He likes to have fun with us. Amen. You know, through my walk in Christ, I've been saved since I was six, filled with the Holy Ghost when I was six, was raised in a Pentecostal holiness church, loved Jesus, loved God all my life. My dad used to make me stand in a chair and sing in the microphone why he never just took the microphone down. I never understood that. But as a little girl, that's I was raised in church, singing with my sisters and my family and just loving Jesus and dancing and shouting and running and having Jericho marches. And as a little girl, I'd run around after sisters sister Juanita she would shake her head so much when she would be marching the Jericho march all of her bobby bobby pins would fly out as a little girl I'd go around and pick them up for her you know um we just had fun in church and didn't care even though some of it was a little fleshly at times most of the time it was as the spirit of God and it was moving and flowing but man guys when when God showed up he showed up in that Pentecostal church I'll tell you what I wouldn't trade nothing for my upbringing how many of you were raised Pentecostal some of you been raised Pentecostal why ain't you in the front row (laughs) just playing with you I I can tell already I'm going to get in trouble tonight but praise (laughs) the Lord but Living that that life of of having Pentecost. You know, we just had Pentecost Sunday, did we not? Did you guys have fun on Pentecost Sunday? I know we did. Man, I tell you what, we had a whole down. Man, God, woo, showed up. And uh, because there's nothing like being filled with the Spirit. Now, there's some things that we shared last time we were here. And as I was praying tonight, man, I tell you what, I was going all kinds of places in prayer. 
God was revealing things. You know, I've been a prayer coordinator at Ramah for over 20 some odd years. Praying in prayer program and stuff. But I was raised, like I said, in a Pentecostal background. So my mama was a prayer. Everybody that thinks they're, you know, well, I won't even go there. I'm going to be nice. Um, mama, I can remember growing up and mama was praying uh, when I was a little girl. I mean, I, she just prayed all the time in the spirit. She took care of us kids, loved on us. But I, I can remember coming in from school and coming in, running in, ready to yell at mama and talk to her about my day. And mom would be sitting at the piano with her Pentecostal beehive hairdo. And I mean, just playing a piano all over the place and out of her spirit, just singing and singing in the spirit. But that was normal for us kids. And I would come up and I would pull her skirt because, you know, she wore skirts all the time. <laughs> and we won't go there. And... um <laughs> And I go, Mama. And she'd go, oh, honey. She would stop everything, and she would tend to us as kids. She'd make us dinner. You would hear her even at the stove. Oh, reggae, you know. So we were raised in an environment where a mama prayed in the spirit all the time. My mom is still a Holy Ghost prayer at 84, going to be 85 in September. At 9 o'clock of every night for the last few weeks, Mama and I and Jerry have been praying. I'll call her on FaceTime. And we will pray. And I'll tell you, Mama's still shandying it up. I mean, she'll put you in your place real fast. I mean, the spirit gets to move and it moves Mama. And she'll start praying in tongues. And she'll read your mail. How many of you have ever been around somebody like that that knows how to pray? And, and when they pray, you almost want to go, I'm covered in the blood. I thank you. God, forgive me. <laughs> Forgive me of my sins, my attitude. I know I wanted to kill that person in front of me today, but Jesus is Lord. Send labors across their path, Lord Jesus. Forgive me of my temper, you know, all that kind of stuff. Okay, mama, I'm ready to pray, you know, because you never know what's going to come out of a prayer that spends time in the presence of God. I, don't, I can't tell you how many times praying with mom over these last three weeks at nine o'clock at night that we'll just be praying and all of a sudden, whoo, mama goes. And I've made a decision a long time ago to stay on her coattails when she goes. In other words, when I say she goes, it means she steps over in the spirit and she gets lost in the spirit and she's praying out mysteries. She's praying out things that whoo, we might not, we don't know. But then you get out there and then what happens, you know, there's so much we could say. I'm just, can I just spit out on all of you? You know, I'm, can I just share from my heart a little bit? But you know what it's like when you pray in the spirit. We know what the word says. You are a well-taught church. You know what the word says. What happens to us when we pray in the Holy Ghost? We build ourselves up on our most holy faith. We edify ourselves in 1 Corinthians. You edify yourself. You improve yourself, in other words. Um, and when you're praying in tongues, revelation will bubble up out of your belly. Come up while you're praying in tongues. And as you're praying in tongues, revelation just begins to bubble up out of your belly and all of a sudden you got revelation in your mind you get an answer to something or all of a sudden words in english come out of your mouth and you're just like whoa i didn't know that before and or all of a sudden clarity comes to a situation or something takes place or you begin to see something concerning your future it's amazing why don't we pray in tongues more i just don't get that brother hagan used to teach it all the time and he'd say it needs to be a steady flow that comes out of you all the time 
time. You know, praying in the spirit is the vehicle into the unseen realm. And we need to be praying in the spirit all the time. Prayer, Brother Hagen prophesied back in 1981, or was it 80, 80 or 81? And, he, and as he was prophesying, he spoke by the spirit of God. And he said, I'm not, this is Jesus speaking through or speaking through Brother Hagen. And Brother Hagen spoke it out and he said, I'm not seeking for a faith church. Are you kidding me? He's the father of the faith. But Brother Hagen prophesied and by the spirit of God. And he said, I'm not seeking for a faith church. I'm not seeking for a word church. What? As Rayma graduates, they teach you the word. They teach you faith. That's who we are. We even have the faith shield revolving around the top of the church. That's us. But by the Spirit, he spoke when God, by the Spirit of God. And God said, I'm not seeking for a faith church. I'm not seeking for a word church. I'm not seeking for a singing church. I'm seeking for a praying church. And he went on to say by the Spirit of God, I'm seeking a church that will pray, or how, how did it go, honey? Um, where prayer becomes more important to them as breathing is to their natural man. That was a mouthful. Where prayer is more important to us than breathing is to our natural mouth. Now, that doesn't mean you got to stay on your knees all the time. See, that's where we get messed up. It doesn't mean that you've got to stay on your knees all the time. It doesn't mean that you've got to look so spiritual all the time. No, it just means that you're in constant communion. You're in fellowship with God throughout the day. You're in fellowship with him. And then when you're fellowshipping with him, spending time with him, if you need to get away and pray, like for instance, I was ready to snooze this afternoon. Are you kidding me? I'm getting ready to rest. But I begin to pray in the spirit just a little bit. And I thought it was just going to be for a little bit. But then out of my heart, whoo, it got bigger and bigger. And it just started pouring out of my innermost, out of my innermost being, out of my belly. Pastor quoted it. John 7, 38. Out of my belly flows rivers of living water. Guys, you have living water. I don't feel like I got living water. I didn't ask you how you felt. I'm telling you what the Bible says. The Bible says you got living water. Are we going to believe the Bible or are we going to believe how we feel, right? We believe the Bible. We're in a Bible church, right? Okay. Where we believe the Bible. We believe it. The Bible says that out of my belly flows rivers of living water. Living water. Being raised in a Pentecostal environment in a home life like I was, I got to step over into these flows of the Spirit growing up. And it was wonderful. And then I went to Bible college. And then stepped into it even more in 1984. Learned more of how to walk by faith, live by faith, and then learned how Mama prayed was right. Praying in the Spirit and praying out the plans of God. Is God real? Yes. Is the Holy Spirit real? Yes. Guys, as I was preparing and talking to the Lord this afternoon, He said to me, 
I want you to go back to the beginning, and I knew what he meant by that, of what you share all the time. And I said, I've already been, I was here last year, Father. I already told that story. And you know what he said to me? I don't care. I want you to tell it again. And I was like, all right. And, and, and we're going to build on this over the weekend. Glory to God. John chapter 14. Why don't you turn there with me? Some of you are going to go, oh, I've heard her tell that story before. Don't you turn it off. You keep listening. You know, I traveled with Brother Hagen. And being a Rama student, you know, in 1984, we started hearing Dad told Brother Hagen, I call him Dad, but he told stories all the time. And then when, we got, when I got in the Rama Singers and Band, he was still telling stories. And um, I can remember at times sitting there, and I would turn to some of the, the other team members, and I would say to him, this is the story he's going to tell now, hey! And we'd all try to see who could figure out what story Brother Hagen was going to tell. And um, there were times in my head, I thought, I'm going to turn. I know what he's going to tell, so I'm going to turn this off. I'm going to think about something. And I would get arrested in my heart, in my soul. Don't you do that. There's something fresh and new in this, and I need to hear it again. And, you know, there were times that I thought I had heard the story, and I thought I knew it and got it all. And then I found out after I heard it again, I didn't get it at all the last time I heard it. I just thought I did. Because there is revelation through the word. There's revelation when you hear things over and over again. And God had to tell me that because, and remind me of that because I was like, Father, I don't want to tell any more stories. I don't want to tell. I feel ridiculous going to churches and just telling prayer stories. Or just telling things that have happened in my life or in my ministry. And then he reminded me, hello, pretty lady. Then he reminded me, as plain as day, he reminded me, he said, well, who is your spiritual father? I was like, oh, duh. He told stories. But it was stories that backed up the word. And it caused things to be, be, to be made real to the hearer. Now, if you bear with me, we'll get to the shout. We'll get to the run. All right? But there, it's imperative that I share this again. God said it, so I'm just going to do it. But you look at this scripture right now. John chapter 14. You're already there. And boy, I've been talking and I didn't turn there, but I can quote it. But I want to look at it. How many of you have ever read the Passion Translation? It is like one of my favorite translations right now. <laughs> Can anybody else say amen to that? It's like, hello, where you been? <laughs> I, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. And um, we might quote, we'll be quoting some of that out of the uh, Passion Translation quite a bit in a little bit. But here in John chapter 14, in the, and I'm going to read from the King James. He said, and I will pray to the Father and he shall give you another comforter. That he may abide with you forever. The comforter, that he may abide with you forever, even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and shall be in you. Why do you think that, we, that there's so much teaching about the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit? 
We need him, of course. He's the one that's here. He is the third person of the Godhead who is in the earth 24-7. Father God is on the throne and Jesus is at his right hand. But the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Godhead, is in the earth. And he's living within you as a believer. And we have to learn to operate with him and function with him. When I was a student, I was there and Brother Hagen, Jeannie Wilkerson, uh, Phil Halverson, Billy Brim, Patsy. Um, I, I could just name a bunch of people. Some of you that are Rhema people, you know who I'm talking about. Others, are, others might be going so. <laughs> but anyway, but these were people that really flowed with the Spirit and knew the Spirit of God. And, and it would be amazing seminars and meetings. And oh, it was just awesome. But I would sit there going, yes, because it bore witness with my heart because it was so similar to my upbringing as a Pentecostal kid because whoo, God was showing up, moves of the spirit was happening. But guys, I remember sitting there thinking, I don't, cause I was shy. Oh, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't do that. Oh, I, I, I'm, I'm just, oh, oh, but then wait a minute, brother Hagen did it. Why couldn't I do it? And I would go back and forth, but I always felt inadequate when I was a youth pastor after graduating from Rama. I was a youth pastor in Kentucky. I felt inadequate at times, felt like I didn't know what the spirit of God was saying, just hoping that finally I would, I would touch it, that I'd finally step over into the flow. I'd finally get in it and, and, and it would be awesome. And, 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 but I, I, and, and it would be, I, I, but I, I always operated from a low mentality. I don't know the Holy Ghost like that. Oh, God, you know. And then I would pray for hours and hours, and then finally the Holy Ghost would do something. And I would blame the Spirit of God. Why did it take you so long? And then I'd be like, it's because I don't, I don't know how to do this. I do, you know, and here I am raised Pentecost, but I had such a low mentality of who I was and what he had given that I wasn't operating in the fullness of what I should have been. After I was, I finished uh, being a youth pastor for about five and a half years, God told me to go back to Rhema. Long story, not going to tell all of that. But God told me to go back, get, invo- get involved at the prayer and healing center. I go back, I get involved, and as I'm getting involved, God deals with me to start itinerating. So I begin to itinerate. So now I'm out preaching and stuff, but yet I'm volunteering at Rhema, and I was at Rhema Monday through Friday, working close to eight hours a day, but volunteering. And we had prayer school. We had healing school and I would teach and help in healing school in the mornings. I would work with Doug Jones and I would work with Jim Hockaday when he came on the scene. I I, I sung and I led worship and and I would teach whenever Jim was gone or Doug was gone or whoever needed me. Here I am. Here I am. Here I am. And so I was there and but I'd fallen but I would go out and preach on the weekends and um, but I'll never forget it. I had just led the praise and worship in prayer school. Now some of you know where I'm going with this if you heard me tell the story. Or if you bought any product last time I was here, it's probably on every CD out there that we sell. But here I am. I'm in prayer school. I had just led the praise and worship. There's probably 250, 300 students in the room. I'm sitting on the front row. I'm Jim's assistant. And I'm sitting over there. And um, he's teaching. And he turned to John chapter 14. I thought, my God, is he going to read the whole chapter? I believe he is. How many of you know you're already thinking things about when is this lady going to be done and when can I get my hamburger? Okay? So... I'm sitting there, but I'm thinking, dear God, is he going to read this whole chapter? I can read this at home. 
And so I'm sitting there, but he just kept reading that day. And he got to these verses. And when he got to verse 16, he, he was reading, Jim was. And again, I'm the worship leader sitting on the second row. And I'm, and, and I'm reading it. And I pray, and it. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and shall be in you. I'm sitting there and I'm going, I quit listening to Jim reading and I begin to have a conversation with God. And I told him, I said, I don't feel like I know you. I don't know you. If I know you so well, why don't I see the glory cloud when it comes in the room? How many of you heard me tell this story? Quite a few of you. If I know you so well, why don't I see the glory cloud when it comes in the room? Now I'm sitting on the front row having a conversation with God, just like many of you might be having a conversation with God right now. But I had a conversation. I don't feel like I know you. If I know you so well, why don't I see the glory cloud when it comes in the room? Now, I've already graduated from Raymond, was a youth pastor for five years. Now I'm back and I'm volunteering and I'm traveling and itinerating and going to churches. And now here I am sitting and I'm telling them, I don't feel like I know you. If I know you so well, why don't I see the glory cloud when it comes in the room? Because I remembered sitting in healing school, helping Brother Hagen in healing school. And all of a sudden he goes, well, the glory cloud is coming in the room. And as a student, I'd turn around to see the glory. I didn't see it. I'd turn around and look at him. He goes, it's getting thicker. Now I can't see the sound guys back there. You know, that he would talk about from Exodus 33 about how the glory of God will come in like a cloud, a cloudy pillar, and it will come in like a smoke. And he said, he goes, it's getting thicker and thicker in the room. Why? Well, turn around again. I see no glory. I don't see no cloud. What's he talking about? I'm a student. I'm 18 years old. I don't see it. Well, you know how many times I'd be in meetings and healing school and the glory would come in and he'd talk about it. And you know how many times I'd leave mad because I didn't see it. And now it's quite a few years later. I'm out in the ministry serving Jesus, Shondai, hallelujah. And I still haven't seen the glory. And now I'm sitting in the front row in prayer school. We just had a time of worship. Praise the Lord. I'm sitting on the front pew and we're reading this particular scripture. Well, I don't feel like I know you. If I know you so well, why don't I see the glory cloud, Brother Hagin? Oh, it's getting so thick in here. He would say it's so thick in here. He goes, I can't see half of you sitting out there. Again, I'd turn around. I could see everybody. Then he'd go further and he said, now I can't see any of you out there. He goes, are you guys still out there? And he would laugh. And as a student, I would be like, I'm not seeing anything. And then if he, if he didn't go further than that, he said, well, now it's so thick in here. He goes, I can't even see my hand in front of my face. Well, now that made me mad. And not, you know, you know, it just aggravated me. Let me put, be kind, all right? Okay, let me look better. It aggravated me. <laughs> and I remember sitting in, in healing school. I'd sit on the second row right behind Mom Hagen because I was a volunteer. And he would, I can't even see my hands in front of my face. And I remember sitting there going, dear God, I can see your hands, your hands, your face, and everything. <laughs> because I was aggravated. I was like, I want to see the glory. Now, again, this is years later, and I'm sitting in prayer school, just led the praise of worship. Jim just read this scripture, and I'm going, Spirit of truth, the world doesn't see or know, but you know him. No, I don't. If I know you so well, why don't I see the glory when it comes in the room? If I know you so well, why don't I sense the healing anointing when it's present? Why do I have to wait until pastor goes, oh, the healing anointing is here? 
Why do I have to wait to hear it from somebody? Why can't I know before them sometime, please? And if I know you so well, why have I made so many mistakes in life? Now, again, I'm sitting in prayer school, served in ministry, doing ministry, serving and volunteering here at, at Rama, And I'm sitting there and I'm telling God in the middle of prayer school, I don't know you. He said to me, I heard him as plain as day. And this is what's goofy. I'm listening to him talk to me the whole time. You know, sometimes we can be pretty. And I sat there and I was like, hmm. He said to me, you're calling me a liar. Some people would have repented and got baptized and saved all over again. (laughs) Different personalities, right? Do we talk about personalities again? God's made a lot of us, you know, different. But I'm sitting there and I'm about ready to go, Lord Jesus, forgive me. No, I'm sitting there going, but I don't feel like I know you. If I know you so well, now it's all quiet. It's on the inside. Jim's up there teaching. I'm saying, but if I know you so well, why don't I see the glory cloud when it comes in the room? Went through the whole story again with them. If I know you so well, why don't I sense the healing anointing? If I know you so well, why have I made mistakes? And so I'm telling this, this time when I got quiet, he spoke a lot louder to me. You're calling me a liar. Now, you would have thought, again, I would have repented. But, you know, repent, it didn't happen. And I sat there quiet for a moment. Because, see, the scripture said, 17, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it's not and even knows him, but you know him. Jesus said, you know him. And I'm telling him, no, I don't. I don't know him. No, I don't. But did you know we'll do that with the word? We'll take scripture and we'll be like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's good. And go home and go, no, can't do that. Jesus said, you know him. So, third time I went through it. I don't feel like I know you. If I know you so well, why don't I see the glory cloud? You might say, Leanne, why do you have to go through this? Because he's making me right now. You know how many times I've told this story? You know how many years ago this happened in my life? But I have to share it just like Brother Hagin had to share Mark chapter 11. I have to share John 14. And, I'll, and we'll break it down even more for you. But guys, after the third time I went through it in that service with him, he didn't say, you're calling me a liar this time. This time he said, how did you get saved? And I thought, is he making fun of me? I, this is seriously what I'm thinking. Are you making fun of me? You were there. You were there. And then it dawned on me, how did I get saved? John 3, 16. What did I do? I confessed. Jesus is the Lord of my life. I confessed him as my Lord and Savior. Oh, you mean you confessed the word? (laughs) Yeah. And here I am, a Rama graduate, been out in the ministry all this time, and I finally got confession of the word. And I was like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? See, I had, I had understanding of using my faith and using the word and confessing healing. I understood how to use my faith for finances, but I never knew that I could use it in my relationship with God. 
Jesus is here in Scripture telling me, you know him, the Holy Spirit. He's going to live and dwell on the inside of you because he was speaking concerning the future because Jesus hadn't died yet. But he had told them, hey, in John 16, it's expedient for you that I go so that the Holy Ghost can come. Remember these scriptures, you know, and, and, but I'm sitting there in prayer school going, are you kidding me? I could confess John 14 where Jesus said that I know the Holy ghost and it work. And I'll never forget going home that afternoon, walked into my bedroom, put my Bible down on, on, I don't know, on my dresser right there. And, and I shut the door behind me. My blinds were up in my bedroom. My curtains were open wide. And I stood there and I said, Holy ghost, guess what I found out today? I found 